0: Or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Open your Bibles with me as you're standing in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord. I'm going to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. Begin reading with verse number 1. So glad for everybody that is here tonight. Thank you for coming and being the house of the Lord. To those of you watching online, we certainly do appreciate you joining us there. Amen. We miss Pastor David and Sister Grace. They're on their way back from a conference uh, in Tennessee. And we miss them and look forward to seeing them again. I just love that couple, I'll just have to tell you. I know I'm biased. Just deal with it. But I certainly do appreciate them. And didn't, didn't he preach a couple, uh, was it last Sunday? Last Sunday. Amen. Praise God for the ministry of Brother David and Sister Grace. Uh, Ezekiel 47 and verse number 1. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, And behold, waters issued from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under, from the right side of the house of the south side of the altar Then brought me up out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way "...without unto the utter gate by way that looketh eastward." And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. the waters were to the ankles." again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees again he measured a thousand and he brought me through the waters were to the loins and afterward he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over Then he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, the bank of the river was very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters, these waters, issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea which being brought forth into the sea the waters shall be healed and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth whithersoever the rivers shall come shall live and there shall be a very great multitude of fish Because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything, somebody say everything. Everything Everything shall live whether the river cometh. Everything shall live wherever the river goes. So today I want to preach to you on this thought, where the river flows. Where the river flows. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your power. We pray, dear God, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, in this time of getting into word. Let me, Lord Jesus, proclaim what you want to be said. Lord, to let it speak, speak freely and clearly through me. Lord, I pray today that your anointing, Lord, would be upon these lips, because your word is already anointed. God, now have your way. Bless lives heal, deliver, set free, make people live. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to three people and tell them where the river flows. The prophet Ezekiel and the book of Ezekiel is one of the most remarkable, complex, Unique books that you could ever study. Ezekiel was the son of a priest. He was born in the motherland of Israel. It was here that he began his ministry to some point as a prophet. But during his life, Jerusalem was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And he took, at this juncture, took 10,000 captives, including the Hebrew royal family, some nobility, and Ezekiel was among this first to be captured. Some five years later, we now find Ezekiel around the age of 30, the age that he would have started being the priest and operating in the temple But at this juncture, instead of being installed as a priest, he was now in a refugee camp in the wicked nation of Babylon. For the Bible says it came to pass in the 13th year and the fourth month. In the fifth day of the month, Ezekiel said, I was among the captives by the river uh, Chebar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. While Daniel may be in a palace, Ezekiel was in a refugee camp. While Daniel was experiencing uh, one thing with him, Ezekiel was experiencing another thing around the same time. It is here by the river Chebar that the visions begin to come to him. Visions that start with a huge revelation, a big vision. He was shocked to see the glory of God as it appeared, without going into detail, but it appeared that it was the glory of God upon the throne. And and that glory was like on a throne on a chariot that could be moved about. And he saw the vision of God. It shocked him. He sees the glory of God in this vision while in Babylon. Ezekiel was one strange prophet. He had to be a special prophet because God asked him to, to act bizarre. God said to him, I want you to do some things to prophesy to my people. While the book is full of symbolism and incredible visions, you find that that Ezekiel was a strange dude. Listen what God had him to do. He had him to create a miniature Jerusalem and act out in front of people the attack upon Jerusalem like he was some kind of, of, uh, of artist that, that he was carrying out this drama for everybody to see what was going to happen to Jerusalem. So he builds a tiny model of Jerusalem and the stage is this attack. You find that, that at one point he shaved off all his hair and then chopped his hair up with the sword. Weird. You think that's weird? He played the role of the scapegoat. On the day of atonement, he acted out like a goat. Strange. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lay on your left side for a whole year. And while you're laying on your left side for 365 days, I want you to eat food that's been cooked over Wow. Lord, you want me to do what? Anybody signing up for that job? I want to be a prophet. Well, how about laying on your left side for all year and eat food cooked overdone? Hmm. But all of this was to show the nasty nature and the nasty punishment that was headed to Israel. God was giving to them a picture, a parable of what was going on. Here is how God encouraged the prophet. He said, I want you to do these crazy things. I want you to do these silly things. And oh, by the way, nobody's going to listen to you. Sign me up for that job. Amen. I I, I I want you to prophesy I want you to act these ways out so in chapters four to five he's doing these strange things to show what God is going to do to Israel in chapters eight through eleven you find Ezekiel has a vision of what is happening at that time in the temple in Jerusalem he's in Babylon and God shows him what is happening in the temple in Jerusalem Idol statues statues of idols. We're being worshiped along with Jehovah by the elders of Israel. You find the women of Israel weeping for Tamez, a Babylonian deity right in the temple of God. The glorious throne that Ezekiel saw, he watches in the vision as that throne lifts up from the temple and goes away. I want to tell you God's presence is not going to stay where there is idol worship and where there is a turning from. From God. Amen. The writer hears as the Lord begins to speak to him, hears the word of the Lord and says, You shall fall by the sword, Israel. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you'll know that I am the Lord, this city shall not be your or this city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in the midst of it. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statues, you have not obeyed my laws, but you have acted according to the rules of the nations that are around you. And then the Bible says that the prophet fell down on his face and cried out with a loud voice, Oh Lord God! Oh Lord God! Will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? Oh God I see the, 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 the idolatry. I see the rebellion i see their issues i see their rejection of you god will you just wipe us all off the map but the lord said something very interesting in chapter 11 and verse 19 in ezekiel 11 and 19 the lord said the day is going to come and i will give them one heart i will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them hearts of flesh that they may walk in my statues and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. And he gives them just a little hint of hope. Aren't you thankful for a glimmer of hope in a world that's wicked? Aren't you thankful for a little glimmer of hope in a world that is full of paganism and idolatry? Aren't you thankful for that? Ezekiel, you dwell in the middle of a rebellious house. Israel has rejected me. When you study Ezekiel, you'll find chapter 12 through 24. The focus is on the judgment that is coming to Israel and how God is going to demand justice. His goodness demands justice. God had pronounced it under Moses and said, if you leave me, if you have other you go after other idols, if you serve other idols, he said that I'm coming after you with judgment. The day will come I will have to judge you. And in chapter 25 through 32, God reveals the judgment upon the nation's 20, 12 through 24, he reveals the judgment on Israel. 25 through twenty uh, through 32, God reveals the judgment on nations, specifically Egypt and Tyre, that uh, that viewed themselves as God. They defied God, and they defined right and wrong with their own terms. Amen. Much like today, they had shaken their fist in the face of God, and they defined the terms of right and wrong as they wanted to. And God said, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to judge you. In chapter 33, a refugee comes from Jerusalem with the news that Jerusalem had again been struck down, had been ransacked, and now the temple was in ruin. The question comes again, oh God, is there any hope for us? Are you finished with us, God? Is there any revival for us, Lord? Is there any future move of God? Is there any way in the future you're going to speak to us? Oh, but I want to tell you in chapter 36, God gives another promise. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God? Oh, yeah. Ezekiel 36 and 25. Hey, Amen. Hold on with me. I'm setting a foundation. It's just a big foundation. In Ezekiel thirty. 6 and 25, then will I sprinkle clear water upon you And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart also will I give you? A new spirit will I put within you? And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and, and shall keep my judgments and do them. God said, listen, I realize this is a bad situation. Situation, but there's hope i've got an answer for you i'm going to change your heart i'm going to take out your stony heart and i'm going to put in a heart of flesh because i'm going to put my spirit inside of you i'm going to place my spirit inside of you that's the promise it is in the next chapter that ezekiel sees the vision of the dry bones in the valley of dry bones speaking about the revival that could happen to Israel and revival that happens to you and me. Revival is coming because the bones are going to come back together and so there's a connection of bones and sinews coming back together. He said, would you prophesy to the dry bones and say, will these bones live? Oh God, you know. Speak to the bones. Tell the bones to come alive. Tell the bones that they're going to live. That's in 37. In Ezekiel 38, God takes care of a nation by the name of Gog, G-O-G, which is the archetype of human rebellion. This is a great picture of God saying, I will put down sin. I will put down rebellion. I will put down idolatry. I will not only judge my people. I will give them hope. But for them that are of the house of Gog, them that are of the nation of Gog, I have nothing but judgment for them. And I will destroy them because they are a type of rebellion an antichrist a spirit, if you please. So we find this progress. Israel, it begins with Ezekiel's vision where he sees <clears throat> the, all, uh, the glory of God as it is in, in Jerusalem. And then he sees the glory of God in that temple and, and, and the throne leaving Jerusalem. And the presence of God leaves because of their idolatry. <clears throat> but then you begin to read, and I'm reading from the ESV. I didn't give you this, but I'm reading from the ESV because I think it paints a beautiful picture. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year, after the city was struck down, on that very day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me to the city. A lot of people believe that was the day of Jubilee, by the way. Amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me to the city. In visions of God, he brought me to the land of Israel and set me down in the very a mountain, high mountain on which was a structure like the city to the south. When he brought me there, behold, there was a man whose appearance was like bronze. And he said he had a linen cord and a measuring reed in his hand and he was standing in the gateway. And the man said to me, Son of man, Look with your eyes and hear with your ears and set your heart upon that I shall show you for you were brought here in order that I might show you and declare all you see to the house of Israel. So God picks him up at this juncture and transports him back to what appears to be Jerusalem. But it isn't a city in ruin. It is not a city in chaos, but it is a city that is now rebuilt. It is a city that is rebuilt and it has a temple that is rebuilt. Wow. What a vision. Ezekiel's 50 years old. He had been preaching for 25 years. The temple had been laying in ruin for 14 years and the temple had been destroyed but God begins to say, I want to show you a vision. Not what your present condition is, but what your future can be. I want to show you not what the present condition is of the situation, but what the future is going to be. I want to show you not what your present condition is, but what your future is. You may feel like that you're in a rubble situation and a ruined situation, but God wants to show you a vision tonight of what you can be and what you can have and where you can go and the revival you can experience. God wants to show you, you may have been in a bad state. You may have been in a rough place. But I want to show you where I want to take you. Can anybody get a vision of a revival you've never seen before? Can you get a vision of a move of God with miracles, signs, and wonders where people's lives are changed? Can you get a vision? Can you see so he takes him and the man has got a measuring reed, a measuring instrument in his hand. He begins to measure this, this temple that is known as Ezekiel's temple, but it's, it's rather God's temple that he wants to show him both in picture and prophecy what God wanted to do, and he He revealed him all points of the tabernacle. He marched him from the east gate to the outer gate, to the outer court, to the north gate, to the south gate, to the inner court, and to the chambers of the priest, and the vestibule, and the door, and the ark, I, I mean, and the altar, and, and, and the laver, and he began to show him all this stuff, and he began to tell him about the great things that God is going to do, and God wanted to show him. He measures the altar, but let me show you something that happens in this process in chapter 43 you will find that it begins again reading from the ESV he led me to the gate the gate facing the east and behold the glory of God of Israel was coming from the east and the sound of his coming was like the sound of many waters the glory of God had left Israel had left the temple and had moved off amen to those that were in captivity and now it's coming back the glory of God is coming back I want to tell you I want to see the glory of God yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. so he measured the altar he measured the gate and showed him all that was going on then he says uh, let me show you something else afterward our text begins Ezekiel 47 and 1, afterward, he brought me again to the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. I want to show you something else. I want to show you the power of God in the temple. I want to show you the glory of God operating from the temple. and He sees all this as as the glory of God is seen in waters that are coming. Do you know where the waters are coming out of? The waters are coming out of the altar. The waters began at the altar. The waters that are living waters began at the altar. I want to tell you today, we're living in a day where people are content to be stagnant, content to be mediocre, but I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready to get in the water. I'm ready to step into water that can change my life. I want to step in the water but it begins in an altar. It begins in our prayer time. It begins in calling out before God. I want to say the reason that MPC has had revival is because somebody prayed. Somebody began with an altar time. Somebody began to pray. Somebody began to call upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Afterwards, he led me, and he got in there and began to walk in the water, walk with him with the man that had the measuring reed, and they measured a 1,000, and it was at the ankles. Mm. It's interesting. Every river that I know of has multiple tributaries that flow into it. This one has none. It has no tributaries. It begins with the temple. It starts in the temple and begins to flow out. And he says it begins and then he comes to the ankle deep. And then he comes another thousand uh, measures and it becomes to his ankles. And then to the loins and then waters to swim in. Can I just tell you today something I think we need to stop and realize? The river didn't stay in the temple. The river didn't just swirl around the temple, amen, but it was meant to get out. The the river was meant to get out. The river was meant to flow and bring healing everywhere it went. Can I tell you this evening, we must let the Holy Ghost flow in us, but flow out of us. Let's don't let it just be here. We got a good service and everything's all right and, and we felt the power of God and we've danced and splashed in our water around the altar, but oh God, let it break out let it go out from under the threshold let it go out to our homes Lord let the healing water flow to my job and to my family I've got relatives that are drunks I've got relatives that are drug addicts I've got relationships that are on the rocks God I need this water to flow I need the Holy Ghost to flow wherever the water went, it brought healing. Wherever the water went, it brought healing. We are living in a day where people get into trouble and the first thing they want is someone else to help them. But I want to tell you the first thing you and I must do is go find the Holy Ghost and jump in the water. Because everywhere the water is, there's healing. I got a problem in my mind. Amen. I'm going to tell you there won't be a TV program that's going to stop that. But there's some water tonight that'll stop that. I, I got I got marriage issues. I got family issues. I got financial issues. I've got health issues. Amen. The doctor can look at you and say, I have no help for you. But there's a water that I can go jump in. There's a Holy Ghost stream that I can go flow in. Hallelujah, because everywhere the water flows, there's life. Everywhere the water flows, there's healing. Everywhere the water flows, there's victory. Everywhere the water flows, there's overcoming power. Everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. Some years ago, now, many years ago, my dad was overseeing a Men's, he was the dean of men in a Bible college in South Texas and South in, in San Antonio. And he would every now and then, every once a month, I think, have an all night prayer meeting. Remember, I told you, where's the water flow from? The altar. And they had an all-night prayer meeting and the Lord would move and people were acting crazy and weird and strange in some people's mind. But dear merciful me, if the prophet had to lay on his one side for 365 years, 365 days, years, that'd be tough. If he had to lay on his side to get a message across, truly God could take the foolish things of this world and confound the wise. But they were all praying. There were some that were speaking tongues over here. There were some that were speaking tongues over there. There were men that by no order of just, just their own decision, 17 grown men locked arms and marched from one side to other like military men, turning in perfect harmony as they were praying and seeking God and all of a sudden the man comes off the street into that, that place and, and, and he's half lit and, and he, he said something drew me to this place something compelled me I just felt like I needed to come to this place amen in the middle of a prayer meeting he walked down and knelt down in the front and with his hands lifted up God sobered him and filled him with the Holy Ghost what was it? he got close to the river he, you get close to the river it's going to reach out to you it's going to change your life if you get close to the Holy Ghost moving you can't walk away from it trees are going to begin to grow in the desert the Dead Sea is going to open up and healing waters are going to come forth if you get close to the river wherever the river flows wherever the river flows wherever the river flows We had the privilege of pastoring a young man that told us his story. He said, I sat on the side of my bed with a revolver in my hand. I put it to my mouth and I put it to my temple trying to get the courage to blow my brains out. 20-something years old, a young 20-year-old young man. He said, I'm going to blow my brains out. He said, but God's presence walked in that room, and all of a sudden I could feel his love. What is it? It's that wherever the river flows, there's healing. That man became a preacher, a preacher of the gospel. That man is still going strong for God. I could tell you story after story. You could tell me story after story of what happens when you get into the river. Amen. Has anybody ever been healed when you got in the presence of God? Has your mind ever been touched? What is it? If I can just get in the river, if I can just get in the Holy Ghost, if I... Uh, Brother Gil, that's all emotionalism. That's all just emotionalism. That's all crazy stuff. Sometimes God asks... And does things in a way that blows people's mind. But it's because he's bringing healing. He's bringing healing. Jesus, in John chapter 7 and verse 37. In the last day of the feast, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, If any man thirst. The Bible said he cried and said, He shouted out loud, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living, living water in case you don't know what that is it's explained in the next verse with parentheses around it amen put up the next verse but this spake he of the spirit that they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified what is he talking about rivers is coming out of us amen in the Old Testament he said Israel I'm bringing you back I'm bringing you back amen in the New Testament he says you're dead and I'll bring you alive you have problems I'll bring you hope amen I'll put my spirit inside of you glory be to God wherever the river flows there's healing there's life I think it's interesting when you look at that scripture put verse 37 back up John seven thirty-seven. praise God right before that go back to the one before that 38. There we go. Jesus said, What did he say? He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow. Shall flow. Come on. Not one river, but rivers, plural. It's not just one thing coming out of you, Brother B. It's not just one river that's flowing out of you. God said, I want to go to every situation, whatever the situation is. I got a river for it. Amen. You need some peace. Oh, there's a river. But it's not just to be inside of you. It's to flow out. Amen. We ought to be giving life everywhere we go. We ought to be having life everywhere we go. That's why it's important to act like a Christian. Look like a Christian. Have the spirit of the Christian. Why? There's a river that ought to be flowing outside of you it's the joy of God it's the peace of God hallelujah Hallelujah. wherever the river flows wherever the river flows did you see the post just the other day brother Spears one day 140 something baptized in water wherever the river flows Holy Ghost being poured out wherever the river flows wherever the river flows. The night you were baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, there was a river that flowed. Cornelius was a man of faith. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of belief. He was a proselyte of, of, to Judaism and he loved God. He was not a worshiper of the emperor. He was not a worshiper of Rome, but he's a worshiper of the one true living God. And God saw his heart and he said, oh, I gotta get him close to the river because he needs what's in the river. He's got some faith. He's got some truth, but he needs to get close to the river. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send an angel to tell him, go get Simon. Amen. You'll find him. And when Simon goes up, he begins to preach the word. And what happens? They begin to speak with other tongues because the river began to flow. The river began to flow. If any man thirst, Jesus said, that's the beginning of every great revival. If any man thirst, if any man thirst, you cannot receive what you're not thirsty for. You won't get what you're not looking to get close to. If any man thirst, if any man desti- desires it strongly, desires it strongly. We pastored a man in Tennessee that was wanting the baptism of the Holy Ghost in his life. And so here's what he did. He prayed at the altar like he's supposed to. you know, we got, we got rules, don't we? We got ways you're supposed to be it's supposed to be this way. You come to the altar, you pray, and then you're, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. He never could. He was a truck driver, and, and I used to send him cassette tapes with him to listen to on his driving, and one day he pulled off the side of the road pulled that semi on the side of the road. I don't know what it was that I would preached, but he was listening to it, and he pulled off, turned the tape off, got outside, and by the front tire, that big old front tire of his semi-tractor, he began to pray, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost as the cars were running by. God filled him with the Holy Ghost all right there. Why? Because he got close to the river. He got close. If you get close enough to the river, it's gonna change your mind. If you get close enough to the power and presence of God... Amen. It's going to change your thought. I've seen it happen. I've watched cancer be healed. When people get close to the river, I have seen God touch, amen, all kinds of disease. When people get close to the river, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, they're going to flow rivers of living water. Stand with me, please. Everywhere the river goes healing goes instead of running from the river i want to run to the river instead of running from the flow i want to run to the flow but it begins with an altar i said it begins with an altar i want to just say this right here if if, if we're not praying the water's not flowing if we're not consecrating the water's not flowing So the problem is not the river. It's just simply turning the spigot on. Does anybody want to turn the spigot on today? Anybody want the altar of your life to be nothing more than just an artesian well that throws out the glory of God and the joy? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, Paul said, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost, we find that there was a suddenly experience that there came a rushing mighty wind and it filled them. What was it? It was the river that... Jesus prophesied was coming not just a river but rivers come on to the altar right now let's let the Holy Ghost begin to flow out of us like never before have you you a need for renewing today do you need renewing in your spirit today Hallelujah. It's not about emotional high. It's about the fact that the river's flowing. If I get close to the river, I can feel his presence and I know I'm going to be healed. I know I'm going to be set free. If I get close to the river, I'm going to see victory. I'm going to see God move in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you want to be filled? Do you want to be filled? You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, for the power of God. Hallelujah. If you're thirsty, then God has you a drink. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. our ministry.